Hey, welcome to episode three of the Breaking Chains podcast. Thanks for being here today. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back. Really excited for today. Um, we were talking, we dove into trauma in our last episode. And I think when we finished, we were talking with our producer and we we're like, I think there's so much more to be said about this topic. But so we pinpointed what really needed to be said and that it's like is we only you know tapped the surface of it of course and it wasn't until after where i was like wow so much there's so much there's so much there's so many layers but being on this journey will allow us to get through them yes and a big one that we just kind of couldn't get off topic of and i think we're able to dive in a little bit deeper there is relationships and how they truly affect our health. You can't run from those. Our entire life is built on relationships, relationships Mm -hmm. with others, relationships with ourselves, um, and actually relationship with everything around us. I mean, even think relationship with fitness, relationship with nutrition, relationship with your mind. Mm relationship with your health, relationship with every single thing. So I'm super excited about this topic today. Yes. So when we spoke about trauma last time, we were talking about trauma and that was a topic. And then what really came up is where does that trauma begin? So not sticking to necessarily the point of trauma, but how relationships affect us in the beginning so right in the womb right (laughs) where it really starts the relationship that we had with the space that we were created and then birthed into a specific space and having that relationship with our parents that is our first relationship so are you are you saying that potentially trauma can happen soon as inception for the baby to get deep, I, I do believe that our, our journey begins with that conception. When you are conceived, the journey in the womb, and doctors will tell you this now, scientists will tell you this now, there's documentaries on it. I think I watched one on Netflix about how, yes, your your DNA, your genetics obviously are affected with what your mother eats, what your mother thinks, what your mother thinks of herself, what she thinks of the pregnancy, how she's treating her body. All of that affects you in embryo. And then of course, a big part of your journey is that birth, the huge, and I'm very passionate about birth, everything birth, everything babies. Um, That journey into this world, I think is underestimated, especially in this Western world and how we how we treat, I could go on, I could go on three episodes for <laughs> how we treat mothers as, as wounded victims, as, as opposed to somebody injured or sick, as opposed to like this amazing, incredible goddess that is literally about to bring life into this, into this earth. Um, well, I definitely had a different perspective on, on, on you and, and Queens in general when I was able to witness, you know, our son Kobe's birth, mm-hmm. you know, so definitely game-changing experience. But the only reason I really wanted to bring up was the fact um, when it comes to do you think you can be affected um, 
after inception and that time frame is that to really give people somewhat of a perspective on the fact that there's parts of life that were out of our control mm. and to give them space and compassion um, with themselves because there's many parts of our life whether it's traumatic uh, responses that we might not know where that actually came from so if something happened in the first nine months of our life we may not know so i think just stressing compassion itself um for for where you're at right now is a, is a key part of the journey right and that's i guess we just kind of got totally off topic because like i said i could go on for three episodes about or probably more do a whole series on birth and womanhood but going back to the relationship right so when we're born and we are we held are we safe starts at that that root chakra right the exactly. base of where we are what do relationships look like to us what's a healthy relationship uh and i want to say most of us are not really taught that because we we come here in this life form to experience something never experienced before. Of course. So it's kind of journeying and, and learning and, and having that compassion and helping others see a different perspective, see a different lens, see a different experience. Um, but as we grow in our household, what are some habits that maybe we learn? And that goes into how we eat, how we speak, how we think, how we value ourselves, how we respond bond to others of course what are we being taught so the base of basis of our relationship journey begins at home agreed i mean that's what we're kind of comparing and contrasting everything to mm -hmm. but the bottom line is that we we know no difference because that's the environment that we were in so this is why i believe like as we do grow up and we do you know embrace other environments we are able to see other things like sometimes even just looking you know our recent christmas i was able to experience your family and I was like, oh, I was like, oh my God, yeah. this is how a family can be, yeah. like laughing and having fun. And so, but again, that's a comparison compared to my experience. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you say that because me growing up in my life, obviously that was normal. It was so normal for my family to get together and have fun and laugh. And trust me, family we're batshit crazy like <laughs> you laugh because it's true remember I jokes know. are funny because but like, yes we are we all have our own personalities we all like love to be the center of the spotlight there's so much that goes in like war sometimes in terms of arguments we love a good debate there's so much but at the end of the day it really is a lot of lightheartedness. We don't hold things. Yeah, we love the drama, right? We're human, but like we really don't hold things against each other. At no matter what, we have each other's backs. We're not going to to hold this grudge and and harbor on things. Mostly, right? mostly, mostly, and that that's the 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 theme of my life of how my father's family raised me you know there are some <laughs> events in my lifetime that affected me of course but nothing that i could say where i was not loved or shown love in 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 that space so i think our relationship 
brought a lot of light to me. Um, in which way? So w- where intimacy comes in, <laughs> like I learned a lot from your family. Mm-hmm. So how what do you? What did you learn? What do you, What do you think your family is like? I don't want to speak about your family. I love your family. <laughs> I love my family too. Um, what about my family in terms of their habits or in terms yeah. of their style? Like their their what? What do you feel like your family taught you about relationships? Um, we just actually had a really funny incident right before this podcast. We had a really really tough conversation about tough. Our, about our business. Yes, and right when the conversation was over, I was like, "All right, it's time for podcast. I'm good. All right, let's roll. Here's here's what we're talking about." And you're sitting down still probably processing what just happened. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like my family is extremely emotional about anything and everything. (laughs) Um, I do think it takes time for us to What kind of emotion? Because emotions vary. What emotion do you think is the... I think my family uh, strays more towards anger um the anger side of things to close up um shut down shut down um go on their own and um kind of just be be in that place um i think that is a very easy emotion that that comes out of us yeah quite honestly and so i think part of what i've learned from that is that that may be an initial, and I can say for sure, it's been an initial emotion that easily comes up in my life. Um, so a but really heavy, point, sorry for cutting you off, but a really heavy ingrained pattern. So when you think of a river flowing and the river keeps flowing through that same space, it gets deeper, it gets more cut out, right? In that same, so this pattern that's happening it just keeps flowing and the more you pour water energy life into it it gets more and more ingrained right so that pattern of anger it repeats itself of course how do you undo that um the way that you undo that is to be aware of it and you know i I heard something about a month ago that really hit me and it was like we as humans right now tend to live our life so much on the external side of things like what's in our world right now what do we see and we've forgotten about the inside and so because we're so focused on the outside right now it's like life is showing us through our relationships and relationships with other people reflections of ourself mm, always taking right? us back so in. so so now as i have relationships with anybody you my family acquaintances strangers whatever it may be i'm looking at that person and i feel like they're teaching me something about myself that maybe internally i haven't been able to to witness or to see yet but that process has allowed me to bring more awareness to my life and to be able to sit with that experience just like before this podcast i sat with our strong conversation um to let the emotions rise and and fall so okay so you sat there with it and you were still angry you were clearly angry 
right? So what would you say about that? The fact that you still get angry and you could still sit there and be mad. What do you have to say about that? in in terms of, okay, I'm watching myself. I'm watching myself be mad. Well, 100% I was angry. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes our communication style doesn't align. Mm -hmm. And when I'm trying to get a point across to you, you don't want to hear it. You just want to hear yourself. Mm -hmm. I love hearing myself. You do love hearing yourself. (laughs) So because of that, that's where some of my anger comes to because sometimes it would be nice to just have a conversation um, of open space compared to just this is it, this is what I'm seeing, this is where you go, et cetera, et cetera. Having a collaborative conversation without necessarily having a right or wrong answer I think is something that we can all use these days in a way to to move forward. Yeah. And it's easy to see that in somebody else, right? So it's very easy for you to see how I don't give space and I'm not open. But didn't you just say we're a reflection and we're learning things about ourselves? Agreed. Yeah. That's why I'm not upset with you. Yeah. The fact that you trigger me doesn't make me upset with you. It makes me try to go deeper into the situation and the experience to learn where I personally can grow from it. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. And I I said all that just to also go back to, it's okay to allow yourself to feel, right? (laughs) When you're in those emotions, it's not wrong, right? So just that awareness and becoming aware, it doesn't mean we have to be perfect, right? When we're on this journey of healing, it's just like actually beating yourself up for having the emotion intensifies it makes it worse that's the cycle that you're actually trying to break so allowing yourself to feel and allowing yourself to be like oh shit i'm really angry right now let me be mad i'll get over this much faster than maybe i would have in the past but i'm actually gonna like sit with it allow it to be and then all right ready for the podcast. (laughs) Agreed. Sitting with our emotions and being okay with it is everything. So let me ask you a question. As you have now given yourself the space to really think and think about your past and and some of your your family habits, um, what have you been able to, to become aware of in terms of how your family treated you and how you have ended up dealing with that with specific type of habits? So stepping into certain elements of my family dynamic, I would say like, okay, so my household, well, my family's from the Caribbean. So food is very variety, usually healthy, like very nutritional, but there were some elements of psychology stepping in and how body types were perceived, right? So my sister was a little chubbier and her weight was always commented on. So I was, me being younger, knowing, okay, that doesn't seem good. I'm going to make different choices with food, right? I'm going to be seen and accepted. So that was a huge part. I think of, if we go back to trauma, um, me being, having the, the mother, the mother wound and not, you know, being nurtured from my biological mother. I feel like I had that longing for acceptance, approval, and just like, uh, unconditional love. But seeking unconditional love puts a lot of conditions on love because it's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get love. So 
my habits and patterns around food were like, okay, I'm going to do what it takes to make my, make sure my body looks good or feels good. Whatever, whatever people are telling me I need to do. So that put me on a lifelong journey of looking at food as, okay, is this going to benefit me or is this going to hurt me? Which is not so bad. So are you saying that you decided to eat specific types of food for approval right based off of what that food would make your body look like right okay if we were to put it all together so households can also affect health around if we're staying around the topic of food if if i'm trying to put this all together and make it make sense food can also be one of those things where we're taught to eat in a specific way and subconsciously unconsciously we're taught okay rice and beans are 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 staple and we're going to have rice and beans every meal is that necessarily healthy or you know the uh, standard american of western diet e- eastern diet um boxes of cereal, Pop-Tarts, Elio's pizza, all the things that are normal to eat, never looking at ingredients yeah, yeah. at all. And it's kind of funny. You bring up a, you bring up a point about food and I, I quickly just got this thought back in my past. Um, I remember being at this place called Bennigan's. Oh no, you know what? It was Red Lobster. <laughs> I was at Red Lobster and you know, Red Lobster has those incredible like- The biscuits. The biscuits, the cheesy biscuits. That you're allergic but to everything in them. I remember being there- I, <laughs> I'm allergic to everything in there. But I remember being at the restaurant and, you know, my dad, my older brother, JJ, was there and he's five years older than me. And I remember having like my dad making a comment like, oh, I bet you, you know, I bet you that Chris is going to be able to eat more food than you. <laughs> and And I was thinking about that. And it was just like, it was also at a time when at around sixth grade, I was an athlete my whole life, but at sixth grade, I started to gain weight. And so sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, by ninth grade, I was at my biggest size. And I didn't know what to do, but I go back to that thought process that like, did I like subconsciously start to think that I felt like I had to eat, number one, I wasn't eating healthy foods in my family at all, cereals, Coca-Colas, everything you could think of. But was I subconsciously thinking that I needed to eat these foods for to be, approval? To, for approval. So I can't tell you that's the truth. I don't know. Right. But it's just being willing in life to question everything mm-hmm. and to be okay with maybe not having an answer. There's definitely cultures in houses where I'm sure a lot of Italians can agree with this. You're half Italian. Um, I know Portuguese culture. And a lot of people that come from poverty, period, food is love Agreed. because when you were deprived of it or you didn't have it or it was limited and scarce it's like i'm going to feed you as much as i can to show you how much i love you because i never had this right we do of this course. compensating thing with parenting with with friendships with relationships relationships where we're we usually give something over in overabundance that we didn't receive right because in life, what we give is what we get back. And we, we do that subconsciously and unconsciously. And so a lot of times we're just overeating. So this is a, a health habit that we don't, we won't recognize until we're shown, right? Until somebody meets with our nutritionist and is like, 
oh, this is too much food. <laughs> like, of course. I didn't know this is how much I always say. This is how much my mom put on my plate. And then I went for seconds. Agreed. So we don't, we don't know a lot of the patterns and habits that are hurting us physically. In fact, our body does better fasting. You do fasting. That's one of your tools, that intermittent fasting. Agreed. That so you- I think that what's important to also understand, it's almost like a two-pronged approach. Like not only have we been somewhat potentially grown up in families that do you know, overfeed us because of maybe where they were at. But secondly, we're also taught by society that we're supposed to be eating five meals a day. Mm. And, you know, like the big food pyramid is like, which is the biggest lie. Breads and this and that is a lie. And so we're getting it. It's like a two, it's a two prong hit. We're getting it from our family upbringing. Plus we're getting it from society itself and saying, eat, 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 eat. And in reality, as you said, it's I, also consumerism, I do intermittent right? fasting and I've never been more healthy than, than ever before. And so actually from doing the intermittent fasting, I can also tell myself or see, become aware of when I am emotionally eating now too. Mm-hmm. Because I know if I feel stressed, I know it's very easy to just eat some food and and any other stress I think and I shared with you the away. other day right like I read somewhere I don't know where it is don't quote me on anything but ever but um it was like if you crave salty crunchy foods yeah yeah that there's something emotionally about <laughs> anger because it's like you said you that to get it out and, and it makes as, sense as you soon love as you said that i acknowledge that i love crunch <laughs> and i love salty foods and i actually could connect with that right away because if you think about it when i go to the dentist they say i i bite down grind i grind my molars all night so if there's a way right now where I'm actually getting um, a specific level of uh, you know tension or, or or stress is going away from doing it, I could see how connecting the food with the action yeah. can make it happen. So it's another he- a health thing that happens when in our relationships, right? Like I said this in the beginning of the before we started recording, but all the all the meditating we do all of the journeying you could travel to india and sitting alone it's so peaceful i have an aunt my aunt joanne she's funny but she like tells me her her meditation experience which is beautiful like anybody that gains this this new practice is i think gains a lot just sitting in that space but she'll share it she's like i meditated for an half hour i felt so good but then i stepped back you know like around the family and i'm just like ah! <laughs> like you go right back to who you were because now you have to deal with the relationships that are actually triggering all the responses that we've learned from them so how do you believe that we can now step into these spaces with our family with our friends that you know like the repeating patterns come back up our roles in those relationships we kind of have to play this character that we're so used to playing and we want to we want to get out of it like oh, i hate when i do this i hate when i react like this i hate when i call names but why do i find myself doing it like responsive like uh reactively how do you believe that like that habit can kind of be erased do you believe it can while being around your family friends yeah, yeah family i think it's important and this is i can only speak from my own experience it's been very important for me to be very compassionate 
towards everybody around me, including myself. I think that's the first step for me is acknowledging, am I judging somebody? Am I expecting them to act this way based off of an old standard of how I thought they were going to act? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in a place now of going into every conversation with an open mind and not necessarily projecting my own thoughts onto somebody else. So if I go in with an open mind and I go in at the same time um, with compassion, lastly, if somebody triggers me, I am not going to tell you that you don't I react. don't blow up or <laughs> react. It happens. The good news is this. I was aware that I blew up. I was aware that I reacted. And from there, I can continue to work on myself to overcome that. But what used to trigger me as much doesn't trigger me as much anymore is because I think one of the things that I've, I've thought about is, is when somebody's judging you, I know that the only reason they're judging you is because they continually are judging themselves. And so that it no longer becomes personal. And that brings out a different level of compassion. Mm-hmm. So as more people judge me or whatever, that's okay because I know it has nothing to do with me. And that first comes from recognizing our own judgments. Correct. Of others are based off of our own judgments of ourselves. Agreed. So it's that self-reflection first that, wow, I can see I'm really harsh about people's body image because I'm so obsessed with mine. I can see that I'm so caught up on facial imperfections because when I look in the mirror, all I see is everything that's wrong. So automatically I'm going to perceive that. And this is one of those things I learned in bodybuilding. It was this constant, like, uh, comparing myself like, oh my God, my shoulders are not as big as hers whenever I was in the gym. Oh my God, her legs. Oh my God. So, and that was only happening because I was picking myself apart. Of course. It wasn't because I actually cared about other people's bodies, right? So it's the same, it's the same thing when it comes to even like thinking about somebody's reactions, right? I'm judging your reaction because maybe, maybe sometimes I'm like, damn, why can't I get angry? (laughs) 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 Why why do I just let things go? Maybe I should be angry and like really prove my, (laughs) right. There are, there are times. um, I think people have different emotions for different reasons. And and we could all, we could all work on something. And that's, that's the beauty of relationships and seeing different, different experiences and different perspectives. I just wanted to say one thing and, and tell me if, if this resonates with you or not. So, um, I was talking to a friend the other day and, you know, he said that he made this, he made this, um, this kind of like agreement with, with another friend that can you give me the space to allow me to work through my triggers And in exchange, I'm going to give you the space to work through your triggers. Mm -hmm. And I just think about that because it's like, that's what a lot of this, a lot of this is. It's us actually giving us each the space to work through whatever we need to in order to What does that mean to you? What does space to work through triggers mean to you? I think that's the compassion that right now I am acknowledging right now that you're not in a good place or that I'm not in a good place and that maybe we both need a, some space right now to work through and I'm not so acknowledging it saying it out loud yes I, I think saying it out loud is actually pretty powerful because it's showing a whole different level of awareness mm-hmm. and 
an authenticity with the current moment. Whose job is it to say it out loud? The triggery or the triggerer? That's a good question. Because if you're mad, is it your responsibility to stand up for yourself in that moment and say, I'm triggered? I'm triggered. <laughs> yeah. And I actually need a moment. Can you give me that space? Or is it, yeah, I see you mad. You want some space? <laughs> no, the, the, the person who has been triggered is going through is, the emotion. It's going through the it's emotion. It's hard to get out of that when yeah. you're in it. Even if you see it, you're like, okay, I see but it. But I also think that the triggery, if that's a word, can, if aware, mm -hmm. can see what their actions have done mm -hmm. and can learn from that also. Yes. So I think that both parties can actually learn um, wow. from that experience. Yeah. So all of this to, to tie it into health is because that's what I really want to do, like showing how these relationships is, affect our health. It's all patterns and habits and becoming aware and seeing like, okay, I can see this now. Now, what is a solution to get me where I want to be? This, this engraved route, this deeply intertwined, interconnected river flowing. How do I dig out a new pathway? How do I dig out a new pathway and, and reinforce that? So like every time I'm angry, wow, I see it. Now, how the next time, every time I emotionally eat, wow, I'm doing it again. How the next time do I not do this? I think the key is to see it and to let it go. And be and, and have compassion for yourself that you saw it. And if the fact that you saw it now means that you've already made progress because a couple of days ago or a couple of months ago, you didn't see it. Mm. And the fact that you actually see something now, I think you're on the way to transcending it. Interesting. All right. I think we're just going to wrap that up. Ugh, so much. Just so much. I feel like uh, I mean, we could even stay on topic today. But thank you again for joining and listening through our passionate. <laughs> a lot of passion. Conversations. A lot of passion. Um, but, but passion placed in the right place. I want us all to to well, win we're walking each other home we're walking all teaching, each other home all these relationships are teaching us something and we just hold everyone where they're at because uh, we're all we all got something going where on where you're at is beautiful <laughs> where you're at is beautiful thank you thank you <laughs>